Thanks for listening to the Faith Factor podcast. Our mission is simple, to help late teens and young adults conquer fear by applying faith to their lives. We hope that you'll not only be able to learn something from our podcast, but that you'll be able to take it and apply it to your own life. With that being said, let's dive right into God's Word on this week's episode of The Faith Factor. What's up, Faith Factor fam? It's your boy, podcast master, Eric, Mr. Suave. Someone stop him. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Eric, you've been overruled by this. That's fair. That's understandable, honestly. What's up, guys? We're back here today with another episode of the Faith Factor podcast. To my right, that you can't see, it's Mr. Zach himself. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. And over here is Kate. <laughs> Actually, my name is Eric. And, uh... <laughs> Caitlin is back with us this week, guys. Um, we missed her a lot. I missed her, too. Aww. <laughs> Like a puppy dog. <laughs> well, guys, and we've got two whole audience members today. One of them was mad that we. Uh, one of them was kind of mad that I I wasn't introducing them. He was them. so offended. <laughs> he did look very offended. Hey guys, hey, your favorite audience members Whoa, back yeah, for this Adam. episode. <laughs> so. You're welcome for my pre- my presence. And Anna's here. She's awesome, and I want yes. her to be on the episode. But, but she she doesn't. Well, she doesn't want to do anything. I mean, you can come over and say hi if you want. But she's sitting over there studying nursing stuff. Hi, um, Anna. Say hi. Hey. <laughs> Yell it louder than that. Come on. Hey. Yay. Whoa. Did we get that? Yeah. Got a full house in here. That's my girlfriend, guys. <gasps> oh, the news is out. Oh. Ooh. I'm not sorry, ladies. Eric is taken. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You remember that episode like a month ago where I said I needed a date to the football game? Well, she was my date. She was my date. Not really. I didn't actually need a date to the football game. But Anna's yeah. face is so red right now. <laughs> I think she loves me. I don't know. Wowza. You know, I, I've been thinking recently, guys. I'm kind of doubting that the earth is flat. <laughs> Please keep that in. Okay. Because Eric, why would you say we're that? Well, about see, I was thinking because, like, the revelation says the four corners of the earth, right? So that must mean the earth is flat. <laughs> but then I was thinking, I was looking at some NASA satellite images, and the earth looks pretty round to me. So, guys, I was thinking, sorry I've got to some, all the flat earthers out there. I've got some doubts about that, minds. guys. I've got some some doubts about that, and I was thinking, like, how do I deal <laughs> so with those bad. doubts, especially in the Christian walk? Like, I I have doubts quite often <laughs> just about my walk with Jesus. Like, how do we deal with those doubts? Um, no. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like that was the best segue we had. All, it's okay. Ever. We can we can work with that. We can go from there. So, doubts in our Christian walk. Let's talk about that. So what are ways that people doubt other than that? How do we... Well... Do Christians ever have doubts, huh? Hmm? Oh, they certainly do. Um, There's a website I absolutely uh, love reading on. It's uh, Barna Group. Not not a paid promotion. No, but I, I do read their books and their blogs. I am a big fan. They do like Christian level statistics. And one of them that caught my eye was two 
thirds of Christians admit that they faced out in their faith. And that got me thinking about this, which is, is this something we should be concerned with? Or is this something we should should address? Something that's been coming up a lot recently is the question of why. Why should we care? Is this something like, what's the meaning? So I kind of dove into this a lot. I did a lot of research on theirs and you know, 65% of people that identify as a Christian just saying that they have faith, 65% of them say that they've had doubts about their faith, whether that's about God, whether that's about his plan, or just any kind of spiritual doubt as a whole they've admitted to having. And 45% of people that leave church, so this is 45% of people that have attended church and then they leave, 45% say that they left and their primary reason was doubt. That's a big number right there. Oh, it's it's huge. It's almost majority. So it's you all would say it's pretty normal to have doubt as a Christian. Yeah. Hundred percent. I would say doubt is an emotion that we would all receive, especially as you grow in your faith. The more you learn, kind of the more you would doubt. You know, like it, when you start learn for most of us, we grew up in church, or at least the people in the room, and we were told Bible stories growing up. And then you graduate, whether it's high school, whether it's college, you're into adulthood, or you're learning this in college, you start taking faith more seriously, you start diving into it more, and you start reading these same stories, and you're like, this isn't how I always pictured it. So you start learning it, and you get different ideologies out of it, you get different themes. So you might start doubting what you learned before. Or it, it could just be you doubt because you're think you go off to school and then you're like, hey, learned about this new topic. It's different from what I grew up learning. So now you're starting to doubt it. Or even there are times when it seems like the Bible starts to contradict itself. Those are the times that I've found when I'm doubting the most is when it seems like, you know, first John says this and then Colossians says another thing. It's like, oh, well. It almost seems like it contradicts or like the gospels, how they're all different points of view, you know, like it almost seems like it contradicts because it'll say different things, but it's like, that's coming from a different person's account. It's the same as an eyewitness at the stand. You know, everyone saw it from a different angle. Yeah. And because doubt is a, a natural emotion we would have, I think the next question needs to be, what do we do with it? Because the more and more I read on on this topic of people that experience doubt, only some like 20% of people would ever think about going to a church to talk about that doubt with. And when you stop and think, it kind of makes sense. Like if you have extreme doubt, would you go to a pastor who's paid to talk about this religion or someone that's devoted their entire life to it? You know, that's kind of a very bold move. But the truth of the matter is that's probably the most biblical thing to do. So I think it's, on one hand, it's absolutely terrifying. On the other hand, it is, it's the right thing to do. Well, uh, before we like do a deep dive into this, can we kind of talk about what it looks like to have doubt as a Christian, just in case some people don't, you know, really know what that looks like? Yeah, I'll give a story from when I was in school, uh, freshman year. Um, I went to Louisiana Tech University. I went to a public school, um, and I went there. First thing I did was look for a church, found a church, went there, and I noticed a lot of people were living one way, 
you know, and, and kind of different what I thought Christians would live by. And they told me this is kind of like the college thing to do. Like when you become an adult, you interpret the Bible differently. So they started telling me like they bend scripture a different way where they could live the lives how they wanted to. And that was like the first time where I went, what does the Bible actually mean? Cause I grew up learning about like, these are the set ways you're supposed to do something. And when someone asked me, why, why do you believe in that? I couldn't really point to a scripture. I couldn't point to the Bible. It was just like, I don't know. Church my parents told, told me, you know, my parents told me to go. Yeah. That was my answer. So when people started asking me questions like, why do you believe this? I didn't have like a firm biblical foundation, even though I was raised in church. So that had a lot of doubts go into my mind. And how I overcame that was I actually read the Bible for myself. I read it trying to develop a personal relationship with God, one that's not dependent on a church, one that's not dependent on my parents. And in doing that, that's how my faith grew stronger out of doubt. What about y'all? Have y'all ever experienced doubt of any kind? I think mine was kind of the same. It wasn't college, but it was just, I no longer had my parents to kind of keep me accountable for things. You know, I was like, oh, well, mom and dad told me not to do this, so I'm not going to do it. But when mom and dad aren't specifically telling me not to do it, well, now I can do it. So like, those are kind of my doubts and is kind of the same. I, I kind of started actually owning my faith. Well, you're just saying it's good to be challenged, I guess, kind yeah. of in your faith, so then you can actually figure out what mm -hmm. you believe and why you believe it. Exactly. Yeah. Because isn't, is it James that says always have a defense for what you believe in? I don't know. I misquoted, uh, I, I, I didn't misquote it. I said the wrong reference for a verse in an earlier episode, and I can't remember. It was like, I said it was like James 2 or something. I was like, that wasn't the correct it's reference. Okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big problem. Like, because that's how people, like, because then that kind of shows Christians aren't living a, a different life than the rest of the world. And it, I don't know, it's just important. Because it doesn't only, like, it just shows people who don't believe in Jesus that we're no different. We're living like the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. if I can go back to an uh, earlier point when, when I was talking about, uh, only 20% of people would go to a church and talk about it. I can't remember what it was. It was some like 30, 40%, whatever, talk about it in general. Most people just internalize it and they don't want to talk about it. That always strikes a chord with me because I can be very passive when I'm uncomfortable or I have doubts or something. I want to internalize. I want to keep it just to myself and just not deal with it. And in business, uh, this is a term that keeps coming up over and over and over again. It's the term uh, qu uh, quiet quitting. It's the idea of just one day an employee quits and everyone's blindsided because they didn't realize, like, why did this person want to leave? And the whole reason was they were very discontent with their job. They were very unhappy. And just at, over time, they got so dissatisfied with their job, they just quit out of the blue one day. And everyone thought it was, you know, completely random but it was very it was uh set in motion for months and months and months on end and when i hear that i think that's a lot how our christian doubt works of i don't think we just wake up one day and we have all this doubt and we're just going well there's no coming back or i just want to quit it's yeah. a it's a matter of you've had doubts before 
but you've internalized it, you kept it to yourself, you've kept quiet, and that much has snowballed into something bigger. You don't go out and see, you know, one person who claims to be a Christian drinking and then like, oh, wow, well, now I don't want to be a Christian anymore because, you know, I'm doubting it now. But it's, yeah, you kind of built up. And I think some things are bigger than others. Like, I don't know, like when your pastor fails, that's a pretty big thing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, actually, though, because I know someone. So our 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 pastor at Marble, it's a public thing. He had a, a moral failure in his, and so um, he was fired. And uh, I know like my small group leader who like had mentored me for, I mean, almost six years of my life from in elevation up and left the church and like just stopped coming because of that. And so, you know, it was like one of those things where it's like he had probably some other doubts and that probably, I mean, was just such a big thing that it just everything kind of poured out on him like that. Yeah. But it's also just those big moments, right. That, that can really shatter you. And I'm not making light of that at all. Like, I think that's a huge thing if you experience And it's so easy to say, you know, what's your salvation and what's your faith really wrapped up into? But I don't think we we talk enough about those really big impacts. Like if your hero falls, you know, someone that you've looked up to all your life falls, that's going to create doubt. But I think one of the major things to go back to is, are you talking about this? Are you or are you just internalizing it? Are you thinking you can solve everything? Um, before we started recording, we were reading through different Psalms. Um, and we were reading through Psalms and there's like this intense emotion, whether it was anger or depression, but these uh, Psalms were ending with and give glory to God or and pray to God. So it's natural for us to have these emotions, whether it's doubt, whether it's anger, anxiety, all those emotions are valid. But the problem is we internalize it and we're not giving it to God. We're not talking about it with anyone. We're thinking we can solve the issue. The entire point of prayer and going before God is to submit to him, to say that there is a being above us and we are submitting and, and, giving, and giving our anxieties, our worries. We're giving everything over to him. So whenever I talk about doubt, that's always what I think of is me wanting to take control and never letting whether to confess or actually submit that to someone else. I guess kind of we should jump to our second point. So are there like multiple types of doubt or like, is there only one? Do we only have one doubt where it's like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know, like the Bible contradicts itself. That's the only example I can think of right now. So the Bible contradicts itself. So I, that's the only type doubt that I have. Like, are there other, other types, you know, like what, what are we, you know, Yeah, I mean, you hit a big one, which is factual doubts. You might have uh, doubts about the Bible and that stuff you can study on. That's a great thing to go to a pastor on, someone that went to school literally to study the Bible. Uh, There's apologetics. There's uh, different kind of theories of how does the world and the Bible intertwine, and it can get really complex. So definitely if you're trying to experience that on your own, you can be overwhelmed And that's when it's really good to get with someone smarter than you, someone that has a background in it. That way you're not, when when you come across misinformation or when you come across something out of context, you'll at least have someone there to point it out. But also another major one that we've primarily been speaking on is emotional doubt. 
And I think that's going to be what people more than likely experience. Like whenever we experience a giant loss or a giant, um, or just a big emotion that we deal with. And that just can wreck your faith. It's nothing to downplay, but it's how do we handle it? A lot of like emotional doubt I know comes from like people going through trials and thinking like, God, why the heck did you put me through this? Like, why, why are you, you know, making me suffer through this? And, um, something that our, our pastor Andrew, uh, in his book, which I'm still reading through wrote, he was like, instead of taking that and saying, God, why are you putting me through this trial? You say, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? I think that's, that's kind of been a big help to me. Just when I'm thinking, when I'm going through something, you know, struggling through something, it's not a God, you are trying to punish me. It is a God, you are trying to teach me something or maybe like, you know, point something out in my life that I might be idolizing. Well, this might be getting kind of off topic, but I don't know. I was just thinking, because it's easy for us to say that if we do have a relationship with God to ask him, like, what can we get out of this difficult time? But, you know, say we have someone who has gone through death or something like their dad dies and they don't really know God that well. Like, how could we get them to understand that God doesn't hate them and, you know, he's not trying to hurt them? We don't have we don't have to talk about this. That's just kind of what, where my mind went. I don't know how good of an answer or how how complete it can be, but when you said, "How can we show them that God is good?" Yeah, they might be upset with them, but through us, we're supposed to resemble God in the same circumstances. So if it's a friend, we can we can use that as an opportunity to at least show grace and love uh, to someone that's hurting. Because if if someone's dad dies and they don't want to hear about the gospel, they don't want you to walk up to them saying John 3.16, quoting every single verse about a book, about a God that they're mad at, right? They would much rather see God through a Christian. They would much rather see God through a friend who's going out of their way to actually serve them. So the way, the way my brain's thinking is, how do we tell them i think it starts with we have to show them who god is and serve them and actually care for them and that just goes back into how we live our life daily so i kind of gave one example for like christians how we can um get over doubt at least specifically emotional doubt but like how do we get over i guess we kind of went over that for factual doubt as well but what are some other ways we can do to get over either type of doubt that we talked about from your friendly audience member um just so you know, when we're talking about doubt, like it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm, I'm wondering if God's even real. It can just be like, oh, how does this apply in my daily life? Like, why is this thing happening? So just clarify, we're not saying like, oh, you're not a Christian just because you're having doubts. That yeah. was good. Thank you, audience Thank you. member Anna slash, audience member. slash Eric's girlfriend. <laughs> I actually kind of have a story about what uh, Anna just spoke on. Um, I graduated, um, so I graduated uh, 2020 in a pandemic, and this was a time where I lost every job I was interviewing for. There were some I was very far along, like getting into salary negotiations, and it all just went away. And when you have student loans and you have jobs taken away, you start stressing out real fast. And I moved back home. I had to 
just leave all my friends overnight and I left legitimately everything. I went from having a group of friends, um, feeling like I had a job direction to nothing. And I just had to sit at home for months and months at a time. And I felt like nobody cared. And that was probably one of the worst times of my life. And I'll say that's probably the most I've ever doubted in my life. At the time, I believe, you know, like I was a Christian then. I'm not doubting that aspect, but there were many times I was sitting there going, why did this have to happen? What's the purpose in this? At the time, I really didn't want to move back to Longview at all. This was one of the last places I wanted to be. And I was so frustrated and upset. And so many times I'm just like, why did this have to happen? But as things went on, a couple of years later, I can look back and go, There's ob- or there was a reason for it. God wanted me here. He answered those doubts. But that's a very, very normal thing to go through. And the whole reason I believe it worked out for me and how I was able to grow for it, grow from it was because the entire time I was communicating with God, I was saying, what's your plan? And I wasn't ever just shutting him off completely. All right. So what are some things too, that we can kind of like notice whether it be like before doubt, or like what comes before doubt or like what, what can we see from it when we get like, when we get doubt, what, what's kind of like the most common type like reasons or like the things that we can see from it? I think it's really easy when you start doubting as to isolate yourself almost because then you are just kind of wrapped up in confusion and you want to figure it out. But like we've talked about, yes, I just think isolation whenever you're you're doubting, I feel like you want to be isolated almost. And it, because you kind of have to swallow your pride if you want to go to someone and ask them for advice or let them know that you're struggling with doubt and what you believe. Because isolation is so dangerous because that's when the devil can get you the most. He loves it when you're lonely. Many reeds together become nearly unbreakable, but one by itself is easily snapped. Thank you, Eric. I'm pretty sure it's something like that is in Ecclesiastes. So comes to my mind is doubt can often be a very natural response of your test being or your faith being tested or you starting to grow as a person. So when I talked about earlier, when I got questioned by people of, you know, what do you really believe when it comes to the Bible or why do you believe it? I had to have that growing pain of, oh, I always did it this way. Church always told me, my parents told me rather than actually learning it. So in my experience, doubt was a very, very, very natural response to growing in my faith and actually having to answer for it. One of the last points um, I wanted us to go over is when we come out of this uh, season of doubt or when we come out of this feeling, what do we do next? Well, we can use that to strengthen others. Just like, I mean, it becomes part of our testimony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about uh, isolation being a big part of doubt, right? So if isolation shouldn't be part of doubt, why should we keep that? Uh, why, why should we keep that growth to ourselves? Like, why should we keep that story of how we got over it just to ourselves? Because there's going to be times where we're going to run into people, whether it's in church, work, school, whatever, and they may have very real doubts and they go, I don't know how to get over this in a very practical way. People are saying, read the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. It doesn't make sense. How does this apply to my life? At that point, when we've went through it, we can easily say, I, I made it through. 
I had these same questions. Here's how I came up or here's how I overcame it. And also in the future with us, when we start having these thoughts or when we start going through these experiences, when our faith is tested, we can easily look for other people. We can look for people like that who are willing to pour into our lives and say, I made it through. Here's what you do. We can look for that mentor type relationship. Um, but yeah, Del, it does test our faith. And it says in the Bible, like we should seek understanding. And yeah, I just ultimately I think it's good to have doubt because that means you're, you are going to be growing in your walk with God. Any last words? All right. Well, Zach, you want to, you want to pray us out? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time where we all got to come together and, ex- and really talk about real doubts that we've had and, and how to handle them healthily. God, I pray of when we go through this time, whether um, it's, it's an unfortunate circumstance or it's uh, this growing pain in our faith, God, I pray that we don't go through it alone. God, I pray for everyone on this podcast and everyone else listening. God, I pray that there's a community form that they can go and confide in because we, we know that isolation is the worst place that we could ever be and we were called to be in a godly community. God, I pray when we're challenged with this, that you will be the one that we run to and that we'll have mentors pour into us. And God, that it won't just stop there. God, we'll be a light for you. And whenever, when someone else goes through this, Lord, that we can repay them by the kindness that you showed us and we can pour into their lives and that everything we do is for the glory of you. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Faith Factor Podcast. Audience members, you got anything? Anything you want to say? He said all he has to say. No hopeless Spanish bro speak American. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Faith Factor. Do everything in the love of Christ. We love you guys. See you in two weeks. Bye.